Hey there. This is Rachel Lee. And Robin May. And this is The Problem with Perfect, the podcast for people who want to be freed from the joy-sucking, energy-taking, and judgment-clouding quest of perfectionism. We may be separated by more than two decades in age. But we are united for our passion for this, The Problem with Perfect. We'll be sharing our own struggles and interviewing experts on how to be authentically imperfect. Because let's be real, who wants to be around someone who's perfect anyway? Together, we can transform our thinking and let go of those thoughts that say we have to be it all and have it all to be worthy. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. We are live via Zoom. Hey, Robin. Oh, is that what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's fine. Anyway, what's up, Robin? (laughs) Hey, Rachel. Is that your hot date calling? It is. He should know better. He knows I record every Friday. What is he doing? And I should know better to put my phone on silent, but it's fine. That is, yeah. The things we uh, think we learn through a year and a half of this, and here we are. I know. So Robin and I were talking, we saw some other podcasters like post this really cute recording and we're like, oh, we used to do that back in the day. <laughs> and can I tell them what we were doing before this? Or is it? No. Sh- sh- sure. <laughs> Never mind. You don't want to. Let's just say our life is not quite as nice anymore. Keeping it real. Keeping it real. Yes. And I'll just admit it. So I'm sitting here in my office. It's the office that my husband, Tom, and I share. And I saw a pair of nail clippers. And I was like, I have been meaning to trim my toenails. <laughs> and so Rachel's like, I need to. <laughs> Rachel's like, are you trippy, clip, clipping your nails? I'm like, nope. Clipping my toenails. <laughs> I know. And I was over here eating, stuffing my face with French fries because I haven't had food really today. So I was like, oh, you know, that's, that's our relationship now. That's how far we've come. (laughs) It's beautiful. I love it that this way. I do too. I love it. And I also am really excited about what we're going to talk about today. So Robin, we are going to talk about imposter syndrome today and really the information that we're sharing and the helpful tips we're we're giving today are coming from Time Magazine, and we're going to link that article in the show notes if anybody would like to read it. So, Robin, have you ever um, thought about imposter syndrome or ever pondered in your life if that's something that you may struggle with? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting because I would love to know how long this term imposter syndrome has mm. been around. I can like, tell is it- you. You can? Yeah. So in the 1970s, uh, researchers Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes came up with the term imposter. Why can't I say this word? Phenomenon. What? Can you say? Phenomenon. (laughs) Thank you. It's a hard word. Phenomenon. And they use that to describe the behavior that um, they had observed, that they had observed in some of their students. So in spite of them having their top grades and achievements, they this, these students refuse to take ownership of their success. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how this came about in the 1970s. Interesting, because, you know, 
I was a child in the seventies, but then grew up thereafter. And I don't ever remember like this being discussed until Mm -hmm. like the last few years, Mm. uh, which is interesting because this is something that I've struggled with my entire life. I mean, like my entire life. Really? Yeah. Like for instance, um, like I remember being smart in school, right. Um, and I had these academic achievements, but I remember thinking, well, it's because I go to a little small school. Yeah. It's not that I'm really smart. It's just that I go to a small school. Oh, that's so good. So that's actually a sign that you do struggle with imposter syndrome, which we are going to get into some of those signs to help our listeners know later. And fun fact, I have two quizzes that we are putting in the show notes. So if you want to take these quizzes, you can decide for yourself if you have imposter syndrome as well. So uh, if anybody doesn't know, we, when we talk about show notes, where you can go to wherever you're listening to a podcast, whether that's on Apple, Spotify, or Mm -hmm. on Robin's website, robinmayministries.com. And that's where we link all of that. So that's where you can find the quizzes in the show notes. But I think it's important before we go into all of the identifiers, like one of those things you were just discussing, Robin, Mm -hmm. that we talk about the definition. Yeah. So the definition of imposter syndrome is feeling like you don't belong it's feeling like the people at work and are at, and at home will soon discover that you're a fraud. Mm-hmm. And it's you feeling like you don't actually deserve your jobs or accomplishments. So like what you were saying when you were a kid at school, kind of feeling like you didn't really deserve those good grades. It just was because you were in a small town. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I can, I can see that pattern that started then. Mm-hmm. I can see it you know, evolving into even my life today. And, and it goes back, like you said, to like, when we started this podcast, like we wanted to look and sound and behave yeah. like we were podcasters. Yes. Right? We used to, oh, okay. We used to um, <laughs> always make sure we were matching in our outfits and that mm-hmm. we were always wearing brand colors. I used to put on fake eyelashes we would like always wear makeup and look good and make sure we were together. And now a year and some change later, we are literally wet hair, clipping toenails and eating while we're podcasting. (laughs) And part of that we'll just blame on COVID, uh, right? And part of it on just the the reality that we don't want to pretend we are who we are and we've learned to be comfortable in our skin. And it's somewhere along the line, yeah, we are podcasters, you know, and it feels good to just be comfortable in our skin and be confident enough in what we're producing to say that. Yeah. I was going to say that is interesting. Do you feel like you've had a shift in you being like, yes, I have a podcast and I'm a podcaster from when we first started to how you feel now when you talk to people about the podcast? I do. I absolutely do. Uh, Part of it is because I know, and I don't mean this in a braggadocious or prideful way, but I know that we put out really good content uh-huh. and I'm really proud of that. Yeah. And even though I was clipping my toenails before we started, <laughs> um, it doesn't mean that when you guys listen to this, it won't sound good and that it isn't well thought out. Yeah. You know, our content is designed to be meaningful and beneficial to our listeners. Uh, the quality is good. And so, yeah, it's, and, and you know what else? And you know, this is like, we kind of work our tail off yeah. to make sure that every Tuesday morning at 6am, 
this mm-hmm. podcast is ready for people to listen to. And so uh, we've put the effort in the time and the energy, the money we've invested a lot into yeah. this and heck yeah. yeah. We have a podcast and it's a great podcast. I love that, Robin. Speak it, <laughs> preach it. <laughs> it is so true though. So you talked, you hit on one of those uh, those traits that somebody can identify if they have imposter syndrome. But for all of our listeners at home who are still thinking, okay, yeah, maybe that's me, but I'm not quite sure. Maybe we, or let's go ahead and go into some of those reasons why you might be experiencing imposter syndrome. Okay. Sure. So the first one is dun, 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 no surprise that Mm. you are a perfectionist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. So there's a tie between being a perfectionist and imposter syndrome. Is that what you're saying, Rachel? That's right. Which who would have known? But apparently this is so true. Perfectionists set extremely high expectations for themselves, which we've all know um, is a core trait of perfectionism. And so the reason why they experience imposter syndrome is because even if they meet 99% of their goals, they're Mm -hmm. still going to feel like failures. Mm -hmm. And any small mistake they make, um, it makes them question their own competence overall. So Robin, do you... uh, resonate with this in any area? Yeah, I'm laughing because uh, for anyone who follows uh, Robin May Ministries, you might know that I hate doing lives. But you're so Rachel, good at them. Well, but but uh, you are always like, you need to go live. Robin, it'd be great if you could go live. Robin, could you? Could, Robin, <laughs> just go live. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you need to do. And uh, I have, I resist it, you know, Um, and part of it is because I don't feel like I am perfect when I do it. You know, Mm. you say, oh, but you're so good at it, but it's never perfect, right? I don't write it out. I can't read it. It's off the cuff. It's supposed to be from the heart. And so uh, I've really struggled with that, even though I know that's what I need to do. Yeah. but, but knowing that I, you just can't do it perfectly. And so you have that mentality of like, okay, if I can't do this perfectly, then I'd rather just not do it at all. That is exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And And if I, and and it's not just like, I have to say the perfect thing, but then there's like, you have to have the perfect lighting and you have to look perfect. And, and, you know, for most people, if you know, like my lives, I pretty much have resign myself that I'm just going to look like a hot mess because if I don't look like a hot mess, I never get them done. Yeah, that's so true. Especially during (sighs) quarantine, I am in yoga pants, literally 99.9% of the time. And I don't wear makeup and I don't do my hair. And it's like, it feels like it has to be a lot of work to get on live video, but exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. I can and see again, you don't want people to see your imperfections really, you know, mm-hmm. but I've gotten to, I've gotten okay with that as well. So I'll give an example of uh, something that I've noticed recently, or like the first thing that popped in my head when it comes to perfectionists. So I feel like I can be a perfectionist when it, and kind of have this feeling like I failed if I didn't achieve 100% when it comes to working out at Orange Theory. So for anybody who doesn't know, sometimes they do these benchmark sort of, I don't just benchmark 
what are they called? Workouts. Yeah. Yeah. Just to see how you've improved over the last few months. And so I had one of those the other day and I was doing a 500 meter row And the first time I ever did it was after doing a few months of Orange Theory and I got like 151 for my time. And so I was like, okay, I gotta beat it. I gotta beat it. And I did, I think I got 142. So I shaved several seconds off and I'm really proud of myself. But my favorite coach was there and he was like yelling at me the whole time, like go faster because he knew that I was trying to beat my PR. And... Afterwards, I literally thought I was going to throw up, pass out, and then die all within five seconds. But I, I was so proud. And my favorite coach, he was there just in the class. He wasn't the coach that that session. And so at the end, the other coach goes through and he's like doing shout outs. And he's like, good job, Rachel. You got, uh, you shaved two seconds off your time. And immediately I felt so much shame because I was like, no, I actually shaved what? Eight seconds or something like that, which was a much better time. Eight or nine seconds. Yeah. But then he's like announcing to the class that it was only two seconds. And even though I knew what I Mm -hmm. did. I thought, no, my favorite coach here now thinks I only shaved two seconds off my time. And I felt like a failure. So I know that's not exactly the situation here, but just that feeling of if it doesn't happen perfectly, a hundred percent, it didn't happen at all. And it wasn't a good. Well, and I think that just attaches so many feelings to like, if, if people didn't see me do it, did it really happen? Yeah. Well, I did you know? post about it on Instagram. <laughs> so people saw. It is real. That's true. I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. But it, but it is like part of it is achieving it. And then part of it is that other people know, know you achieve it in a mm-hmm. weird way. You yeah. know, that somehow th- that we need that as perfectionists to be validated by the accomplishment. Yeah. And I think that that can really expand in all areas of our life mm-hmm. with perfectionism yeah. of feeling like we have to be a hundred percent everything to be enough. So we have yeah. lots of other episodes on that if people want to listen, but let's go ahead and move to the next sign of if you experience imposter syndrome. And that is if you feel like you need to be an expert at everything. So experts feel like they need to know every single piece of information before they start a project and they're constantly looking for new certifications or trainings to improve their skills. Here's a big one, I think, especially for women. I don't know the exact stats, so you're going to have to forgive me, but I remember learning about Mm -hmm. this in college for women specifically in the workforce, and that's that they won't apply for a job if they don't meet all of the criteria in the posting. They might be hesitant to ask a question in class or speak up in a meeting at work because they're afraid of looking stupid if they don't already know the answer. Mm -hmm. So this is a big one. Have you ever experienced that either as a student or professionally, Robin? You know, it's weird, Rachel, because I'm going to be completely honest with you. No. Like, (laughs) I... uh, (laughs) I am, you know, probably that person. And if you've had class with me, you're like, she never shuts up. She always has a comment. Do you sit at the front? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I'm into it. I want to, I want to interact with the teacher. Uh, But, um, but I do know a lot of people that, that do struggle with that. Like, and I have friends that are like, well, I'm not going to apply for that job because, Mm -hmm. 
I don't have, I don't know how to master Adobe Illustrator. Yeah. Like, you know, like they can teach you that, you know, I trust, yeah. trust me, they can teach you that. Mm-hmm. So it's int- really interesting because I think that this is one of those characteristics that I don't, I don't really identify with. Uh, I remember a lot of times when I don't know how things are going to work out and I don't know the, how the pieces are all going to come together. Mm-hmm. Right. Like back to how we started this podcast, you and I, neither one um, knew exactly what it was going to take to put together a podcast. In fact, Rachel, yeah. true, true fact is I really thought you knew more than you did know. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that. That's so funny. I really thought you had all the answers, you know? And so, um, did I just have like an arrogance about me or what? <laughs> no, I, you know, I just thought that I don't know that for some reason that you knew uh, from the, the back end how all of these things came together. So, well, you know, I, the, you know the we things, know now. We do know. We <laughs> definitely know now. Uh, but, you know, we, we did a lot of on the job learning. Yeah. And um, in my experience, I've grown more and more confident with on the job learning, whatever the job is, mm-hmm. because that's just the way of the world. You know, you have transferable skills that make oh, yeah. you successful. Yeah. So I think that's good. And, and I love when jobs promote a culture of learning and that it's okay to ask questions. And that's even something Mm -hmm. I think you can talk about in a job interview. Like I really value learning on the job and mentorship and things like that. You could probably talk about in an interview if you're nervous about it, or if you feel like you are applying to something, you don't have every single piece of criteria. But I think the stat is that it's, um, men, I think, and like I said, I don't know this for sure, will apply to a job if they meet just 60 or 70% of the qualifications. Mm. So that's just a little over half. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, and it's all these things that you're talking about, imposter syndrome and how that impacts the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said uh, 70% of all people mm-hmm. deal with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's higher for women. Uh, mm. and even for, um, like executive women, um, wow. like 74% of executive women have said that they don't believe that male leaders have as much imposter syndrome or self-doubt as they do. Oh, wow. So, so there's this perception that we need to be imposters, uh, mm. because for some reason we're just less confident. Um, the whole idea that, you know, I got lucky, right. Mm-hmm. I just was happened to be at the right time at the right place or, you know, I've told myself, well, I live in the middle of, I live in the middle of the state. If I lived in Kansas city or St. Louis, I wouldn't have got these opportunities because there's more yeah. talent. Yeah. So I'm still telling myself that, you know, in some ways that, that, um, I'm an imposter, but moreover, just knowing that women, even executive women in the corner office struggle with this. Um, and they in fact put more pressure on themselves to not to fail and to be perfect than men do. So Valerie Young is an imposter syndrome expert, and she wrote a book called The Secret Thoughts of a Successful Woman. And in that, she found patterns in people who experience imposter feelings. But she said, people who don't feel like imposters are no more intelligent or competent or capable than the rest of us. It's very good news because it means that we just have to learn to think like non-imposters. So 
I found that really good because if you do struggle with imposter syndrome, you may think, oh, I'm not as smart or I'm not as capable. You have those inner thoughts, but research shows that, no, that's not necessarily true. It's just changing your thought patterns, which is something that we talk a lot about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the good news about imposter syndrome is like there are ways to, to break that and to break that cycle in your life. And, and this is the one that you talked about. Yeah. It is, is an important one. Just being able to recognize, um, that there are times whenever we, we are, when it's appropriate to feel that imposter syndrome, like when you're not, when you are the new kid on the block, whenever you, mm-hmm. um, like the first time you went to orange theory, right? Yeah. Like the first time you do anything, you feel like, oh, I don't really belong here. Yeah. And that's really what imposter syndrome is, is acting like you belong when you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, and I think it's really important. Uh, I know it, our counselor talks a lot about realize that um, your feelings are, are, are often fact, are rarely factual. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I am so emotional that when I hear things like that, I'm like, but I want them to be like, I feel like anytime people want to devaluate feelings and I'm like, I just want everyone to think my feelings are factual, (laughs) but it's true. Unfortunately. (laughs) Well, but you know, you think about the time that think about a time when you have like, Oh my gosh, I feel so stupid that Mm -hmm. I didn't know the answer to that. Yeah. Right. Um, so like, that's just a simple example of like, no, like just because we don't know the answer to everything, or let's just admit it that sometimes we do dumb things. It doesn't mean that we are dumb. And that's exactly. And that's okay. You don't have to have, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get it right. A hundred percent of the time, which I think that Robin, that is the solution. What you just talked about there of just reflecting on your thoughts and creating those new neural pathways. And what Valerie Young actually suggests is something very similar. She suggests to ask yourself, is this thought helpful or hindering to me? Mm. Oh, I like it. Yeah. So it's very similar to what you were saying, but if you're having those thoughts where you do mess up or something doesn't go perfectly and you're starting to feel like an imposter, where if you say, oh, you know, I'm so dumb. It's like, no, you're not really dumb. And is thinking that actually hindering me in my future or is that helping me? And just taking a moment to really try and train your brain to think about what you are letting into your heart, mind, and soul. And Mm. if that's what you want to create for yourself and your own self-image later, because otherwise you're gonna have to work that out in therapy and it's expensive. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And wouldn't it be so pleasant if we could take those times when we miss the mark and we might miss Mm -hmm. the mark completely, or we might miss the mark by 1%. But whenever we're beating ourselves up over missing the mark, if we could just, again, turn that around and like, say, what can we learn from this? And Mm -hmm. how can this be valuable and and develop sort of a healthy response to those situations? Um, Henry Ford, uh, I love his quote that says, uh, failure is the only opportunity to begin again more intelligently. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so true with imposter syndrome is that you feel like any failure is just bad and it means that you're bad and then it creates the shame But Mm -hmm. reframing that in your mind, that failure is actually a good thing and a positive thing for personal growth. 
then that helps us not to have those feelings, those imposter syndrome type of feelings. Yeah. And how refreshing is it when you get to work with people or alongside people that are like, shoot, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'll figure it out or. Oh my gosh. So much better. So much less of a stressful environment. And it just gives the people around you freedom to make mistakes too. And that's a good way to think about it. I like that a lot, Robin. Yeah. And uh, you don't have to be, this, this isn't a place where you have to be an imposter because it's safe to just come as you are. Yeah. And not be perfect. So I love that. So good. Well, Robin, always great talking with you. And I hope that all of our listeners feel a little more equipped that it's okay if you don't feel like you're belonging or that you measure up or feel like you're going to be found out you are in good company and (laughs) and that there are ways to retrain your thought process in your brain. So you don't have to struggle like that all the way. That's right. And just always remember that you are enough. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that. And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself.